Welcome back to the Breakwall Series podcast. I'm Steve Long, your co-host. And I'm Hillary Long. So in, in talking to folks about making this podcast, one of the questions that I got repeatedly was why? Why do you want to do this? And what came to my mind, what, what we had talked about in the past, Hillary and I, was that sort of the concept of when you have more food than you need, you build a longer table, right? And we, we know people who are incredibly giving of themselves financially. Uh, we know folks who have started their own businesses and have done really well. Folks who are business executives in corporate America, and they give. They give a lot of money to charitable causes. We and don't have any money. We don't have money to give, no. Uh, we also know folks who struggle a little bit more financially, a little bit more of the paycheck-to-paycheck variety, and yet they still find it uh possible to give financially or volunteer. We know folks who have time to give and they give of themselves incredibly. So with, with their time, we know folks who are creative and crafty. We know photographers and videographers and people who are crafty, uh, who give of themselves in these ways. We know folks who have love to give. We, we know folks who have adopted children because that's what they, they have to give. They have that in their heart to give. And for Hillary and I, we have, empathy. We have compassion. We have that. We have those things to give. And it was important for us to do this podcast because as, as we talked about the possibility of doing it, one theme that kept coming up for us was that words matter. Words, words matter so, so much. And I know that, that Han, you're not a, a tremendous fan of my talking about you publicly. I love it so much. Which makes total sense uh, doing a podcast, by the way. But I think it's important. I think it's important to sort of use your story as uh, as a way to highlight some things, the things that we talk about in private. Words matter. And if, if folks were to look at you and look at your life and look at our life, they're, they're, they're linked, they're interwoven. What do they see with you, right? You're half of a a thriving, happy, successful 26-year relationship. I'm brilliant. You are brilliant, as we covered in episode one. Lovely, beautiful, all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, you've got a 20-plus-year successful career in corporate America, climbing the ladder. Uh, that career has afforded us a, a nice new home, nice car. Our kids are well. Our grandson's amazing. Like, life is good, right? Yep. And yet, as we sort of touched on in episode one, almost at all times sort of bubbling just below the surface for you is this other stuff. Sure. Yeah. That I'm not going to say that it's always top of mind for you, but it's there and it doesn't take much of a, of a cue or a trigger. It doesn't take much to sort of bring you right back there. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be easy for, for an outsider to look at your life on the surface, see all the good things and assume that, everything in your life is good. Right. Right. That every part of it, you couldn't possibly be dealing with, with any sort of badness, if you will, that you couldn't possibly know what it is to struggle with things because on paper to an outside observer, life is good. That's all they'd see. It looks like I have my shit together. And that's the thing though. That's where I think it's important to make the distinction that you do have your shit together, right? What has been allowed to sort of, manifest in our culture is this mistaken belief that struggling with a mood disorder, struggling with mental illness, struggling with unresolved traumas and being thought of as having your shit together 
that those things are mutually exclusive mm-hmm. and they're not right. You can absolutely have your life together. You can think of yourself as having your life together and still be dealing with these things behind the scenes. Yeah. And you know, I didn't always feel that way. Um, and so I haven't always embraced talking about my past. Um, it wasn't until probably three or four years ago when I had a really impactful leader, shout out to Julie, who she said, you know, I just really want to hear your story. And like a sense of dread washed over me. And I avoided her for quite a while after that. But then she, she kind of cornered me and she was like, we're going to go have drinks this week and, and you're going to tell me your story. And I was like, oh, Jesus, save me. And we did get together and I did tell her my story. I didn't tell her all of the things that sure. I shared here, but, um, you, you gave know, her enough. To I know. gave her enough of, you know, I had a troubled upbringing. I, you know, I had, I was a teen mother. I joined the military. I went back to college later, worked my way up. Um, and her response was, Oh my God, that is amazing. I love that. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You know, so it really, it really took me seeing someone who I thought was normal, uh, say to me, wow, that is amazing and that's great. Um, and then that just gave me a little bit of confidence to also believe that it was great. Um, and then I started little by little sharing my story. Like when I started this new job a year ago, almost a year ago, I told people, yeah, you know, I, I joined the military out of high school. I didn't, I didn't go to college right out of high school. I went later or people would be like, Oh, you have a grandson. How is that possible? I'm like, well, I was a teen mom. Those are things that I would have never, ever told people before. But I think the more you speak it, the more you, you normalize it. Sure. Right. It helps to take away stigma sure. by speaking it. And I think that there are a lot of people, there are going to be people listening to this, people hearing this, who will identify with you and your story. Maybe not every particular detail because they're going to have their own unique story and unique journey. Sure. But there are elements that will be the same in both, similar mm-hmm. in both. Yeah. And I think it not only does it reduce the stigma, eliminate the stigma, but for me, it also empowered me to believe that my journey was also valid, even though it's not what I've visualized as the perfect journey or it the wasn't right journey that sort of textbook. Yeah. And we've talked about life. that before. Yeah. I didn't go through this program. I didn't come out of college and go to this employer, be an intern and then do this sure. leadership, whatever, you know, my path was very, very different than most people that I am peers with now. Um, well, help we, we've said many times that that our journey uh, has, has been very much unconventional. Right. I mean, there's so much about our life. We just sort of do things our own way. We march to the beat of our own drummer. Mm -hmm. You've done it here. Sure. And I think that it's important for others to hear that it's important because as you had sort of that moment of enlightenment, okay. When you had that realization, I think that there are other people out there waiting for, hoping for, needing to hear a similar uh, example to help them have their moment of realization. And when we say that words matter, this is why Yep, it's important to help remove the stigma. It's to help. It, it's important to help folks recognize that it's okay to tell their stories and talk about their stories, that there's power in telling your story. There's power in Absolutely. recognizing and there's power in recognizing how much people have overcome, how far they've come. Um, I use the word perseverance all the time. There is power in putting it out there and speaking it and speaking mm-hmm. stories. And, 
the words that we hear repeated externally wind up influencing that internal voice in our heads, right? We all have that sort of ego voice in our head that is unfortunately oftentimes negative, Mm -hmm. right? That voice of self-doubt in your, in your head. Yeah. And you know, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because that ego is there to keep you safe, right? It's there to say, this is how you've survived in the past. So we're going to continue to that narrative to tell that narrative so that we stay safe. Well, I I think that's something that we'll probably dig deeper into in a future episode that, you know, self-sabotage as, as a way of the the ego keeping us safe because Mm -hmm. what is familiar is safe. You know how to navigate, you know how to navigate familiar. And even though there may be something else out there that is potentially healthier, it's still an unknown Mm -hmm. thing. Like an example back to our earlier talk about, you know, I I would hide and I would disappear and it's always been my objective to disappear into the background and to have to, you know, to break that, I have had to take very purposeful moves in my personal life and my professional life to break away from being in the background. Sure. And, And it was scary because I didn't know what would happen you know, and I always just was trying to stay safe, stay unnoticed, just keep doing my thing. Um, but there was also a lot of value and power in doing something that is outside of that. Sure. Going against my, my, what my brain thinks is, you know, the better option. And I, I think that, you know, what we oftentimes see is folks sort of stepping into their own power more and more when they hit their 40s and their 50s. Mm-hmm. When you, when you find folks sort of saying, I'm done caring about what other people think about me, I'm going to live my life, right? right? It's incredibly empowering when people do that. And, you know, my hope, our hope is that folks will start to reach that space at an earlier and earlier age that, yeah. you know, you want people in their 20s, people in their teens saying, I'm going to live my, not, my life. I'm, I'm not going to hide in the shadows. I'm going to speak my truth. And they'll have those moments of empowerment much, much earlier on in life. So right. you, you don't sort of quote unquote waste years and time uh, being overly concerned with what other people think and letting the, those external judgments and negative thoughts affect that internal voice. Right. Or the perceived negative thoughts and judgments um, because they're not always this other people's perception of you. It's what you've decided is going to be their perception based on maybe shame that was built up in your childhood or whatever, you know, like, we always kept everything very close when we were kids and our, because that was what our parents taught us. And so as an adult, I went into the world keeping those things safe, keeping them very close to the chest. And even my new experiences, I kept close to the chest. You know, it's even silly things like Steve likes to say, happy Veterans Day on Veterans Day. And I'm like, Shh, do I mean, uh, don't don't bring it. You've, you've to always it. downplayed your, your military service. I downplay everything I know that I do. Yes, I know this. I know. And here and here are, we are talking on a, about it. On a it's so great. That's going to be out in the universe for for anyone to hear. Um, no, I, I really do I'm think sweating. it's important. I, I know you're un, you're uncomfortable to a degree talking about yourself and uncomfortable having these things out there, but I do think it's important, if, uh, particularly for other women, to 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 see you as an example of what can be. Sure. Right. Like you can come from that and get to a better place and become more comfortable in telling your story and realizing the power that, that lies therein. Agreed. Although 
um, I'm still not a good driver. So don't look at me as an example for driving anyway. Okay. The other stuff, yes. Driver, not so much. Driving, okay. Parking. Parking. Parking is the... It's the worst. Ugh. Anyway, so the question becomes, how do we nudge the conversation in a more positive direction, right? How do we help to change the narrative for people? And I think it's important that folks remain conscious of the thoughts that they're having in their heads and the words that they're using, mm-hmm. right? Particularly if they have kids. Is sure. You, your kids, it isn't just about what you say to your kids about them. It's also what your kids hear you say about yourself. Right. And I think from time to time, you know, we all use sort of self-deprecating humor here and there. But if, you, if you're if you genuinely sort of harping on yourself and beating yourself up routinely, mm-hmm. right? Calling yourself stupid, worthless, describing yourself as being unworthy, not only are you furthering that in your own mind, but if there are young, impressionable ears around you, uh, they're going to absorb that mm-hmm. as, hey, this is how I should think of myself also. Right. And and I think, you know, when you, uh, ways that you can catch yourself or sense check is like putting it through the filter of, if I heard my kids saying that to themselves, how would that make me feel? Right? Would I want to, you know, help them change their own internal story, their own dialogue? Um would I, you know, want to give them a hug, whatever you have to give yourself the same kindness that you would give somebody else that you care about. And you should care about yourself as much as the ones you love. Oh, absolutely. I, I, one of the, the pieces of advice that I, I give people is think of a loved one, right? Think of a best friend, a spouse, a family member, someone, anyone you genuinely care about. And imagine that person telling you that they made a mistake on something. They screwed something up what would your reaction tend to be, right? What do we do for people we care about? We tend to help them minimize their mistake, right? We say, oh no, it's not that bad. Don't worry about it. Putting it into context. We tell them, hey, don't beat yourself up too bad about this, Mm -hmm. right? We're not our mistakes. Our mistakes don't define us. You, you, You would react with compassion to your loved one. And I would encourage people to look in the mirror and think of themselves as their own best friend, right? Try to be a good friend to yourself, Cut yourself a break, be gracious, give yourself latitude, try to recognize that whatever you did wrong or whatever you perceive wrong about yourself perhaps isn't quite as bad as you're making it out to be, and give yourself that that sort of forgiveness and compassion. And allow yourself the grace to, you know, now that you know better, you can do better. Sure. And when you when you catch yourself doing these things, don't beat yourself up over it because that's just that's just perpetuating it, right? So you've got to stop it and make a conscious decision to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat that girl better," you know, just like really make an effort to change your internal dialogue. Sure, I think that you know, and look, we say this, and I, I I know full well that this is very easy for us to say. It's not quite this easy for people to do and to put in practice in their lives. But I think folks can try. And you can start small. You can start small. You can take, even if there's one little thing about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. If there's one little thing that you know that you always tend to harp on yourself about, focus on that one little thing and spend some time, days, weeks, whatever, paying attention, trying to be present, paying attention. Maybe there's a trigger. Maybe there's something that causes you to have negative thoughts about yourself. Be aware of where whatever it is that is triggering that thought in you. And 
be on the lookout for it, be mm-hmm. cognizant of it. So either to try to avoid it or to catch yourself before you can have that negative thought and, and work on shifting that mindset to where you cut yourself that grace and that compassion. Yeah. I would say too, even a, like a real life example for me, I, you know, I had surgery on my ankle a few years ago and you know, this old gray Mary ain't what she used to be. And so it's like stiff or whatever, or I have a limp sometimes and, you know, and I would beat myself up over it and say, Oh, I can't believe I work with a limp. You know, I hope nobody's looking at me. And, but what I had to do was say, you know, you've walked a million miles on those feet. You know, these feet have carried you across the globe several times. you You have circled the globe on those feet more than once. So be thankful and give them grace. You know, they've served their purpose and now you need to be kind to them. No, that's true. And, I, I think and it's little, and it's maybe not that inner, that real inner work, but it's a start. It's a start. And it, it's an example of the type of shift you can do mentally exactly to cut yourself a break, to cut yourself some slack. And if you can cut yourself a break on a physical, you know, injury, then certainly you can start to work on those internal injuries as well in the heart and the mind. Agreed. Agreed. So what's the takeaway here? How do we wrap this up in a way that gives folks something short and succinct and powerful that they can walk away from the episode and and apply in their lives? What's the headline? What's the headline? What's the takeaway here? Uh, Words matter. Words do matter. And they matter because they influence your thought. And so if you start beating yourself up verbally or inside, it's just going to perpetuate itself. So be be conscious of, of the thoughts you're having what you're saying to others about them, what you're saying about yourself, because those words can turn around and affect your internal dialogue. Exactly. And be kind to yourself. I think, you know, we all have a lot going on in our lives and you should give yourself some grace and know that you're doing the best you can and treat yourself like your own best friend. If you would say kind things to your best friend, make sure that you're saying them to yourself because you have to be your own best friend first. I would agree with that. And and as I, as I've probably said too many times, sometimes it's all you can do to put one foot in front of the other you do say that too. and persevere. But it's true. It's true. And folks should give themselves the grace and the credit for that. So, Agreed. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for being here, for listening again. If you, if you find value in this type of content, please subscribe. Uh, to the podcast. And if you know someone else who you think might enjoy it or might benefit from it, please share the links with them. And we will see you next time on the Brickwall Series podcast. Take care.